The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome to the Dogs Podcast with your hosts, Blake Reniker, Justin Charles, and Josh All. What's up, Browns fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Dogs Podcast presented by Omaha Steaks. Josh All alone with you. Part two, video two, here we come of State of the Browns. We're going to be talking about the safety position for the Cleveland Browns heading into 2024. Looking back at 23, what stats we can pull, what we can talk about with these guys, contract situations heading into this season, who's on the roster, who's a free agent, all that good stuff. Appreciate you guys tuning in. You guys are the best. You guys are the best audience in the world. We wouldn't be able to do this podcast without you. Every time that you download an episode or click watch on YouTube, you guys are supporting this show. You're showing us love. And we just can't get enough of it. So this Browns offseason is going to be a ton of fun. Just like the last one, we ramped up the content last year. We're doing it again this year. And here we go. State of the Browns. If you missed the first episode, which I covered cornerbacks, head back in the timeline or on YouTube or, you know, in your in your podcast feed, wherever that was last week, and check that out. And yeah, it was some good stuff. So safeties. Let's talk about some safety stuff here real quick. The Browns, the Browns, the Browns, the Browns. They made some moves last year. Made some moves. They brought in some guys that we were pretty excited about. We were pretty excited about Juan Thornhill. We were pretty excited, at least I was, about Rodney McLeod, who we'll talk about all these guys here on this episode. But the the problem with the Browns uh, acquisitions and how it all played out in 23 was pretty much the same issue across the board, or at least one of the main issues across the board for every player you want to point at was, say it with me, guys, injuries. Might have to stick getting injuries because it was so annoying. I mean, every week somebody was popping up, placed on IR, placed on IR. It's like, good Lord, guys, what is going on with this training staff, this medical staff, like, I don't know. The strength training, these guys got to get this crap figured out. So we can't avoid a repeat of all the garbage we went through this year. But the Browns defense still one of the best, you know, I guess at the end of the season, kind of the, still the best statistically, even though on the road they were not very good. But overall, an absolutely phenomenal performance by the Browns defense this season, all things considered. And we'll dive into each one of these guys. But we had some young players step up when called upon, and it was very exciting to see. You guys, if you've been with the show for a while now, you know who one of them is. He's been on the show. We're waiting to see if he wants to come back on here in the next week or so to and talk about this past season and everything. So once we hear back from Mr. Bell, we will let you know. But we will be talking about him today along with Ronnie Hickman and, of course, Grant Delpit, who the Browns signed to an extension here this season I believe it was the week he got injured. Browns came out, said they extended Grant Delpit. Ha ha, great. All right, woohoo, we got Grant Delpit. He's awesome. He's gonna, having a Pro Bowl season. Placed on IR. Okay, well, that was fun while it lasted. So I joke, I kid, you guys know that if you can't watch the Browns and laugh a little bit while you're you know going along the way, it's going to be pretty miserable for you. So just have a good time with it. We love this team. We love this franchise, and we love everything they're doing right now. So... We're going to dive into all this stuff, all my stats, information, and numbers, all that, you know, everything you guys love. 
about what I do here. If you don't like stats, then you're probably not watching the show anyway. So if you're watching this on YouTube, though, before we dive in, please, I got to remind you guys, like this video, subscribe to the channel, tap that notification bell so you don't miss anything new that's coming on this offseason. We're going to be dropping stuff all the time as news breaks, as things happen with this Browns team and everything going on as they gear up for 2024 and as we gear up for 2024. Hard to believe we're going to be heading into our fifth season of the podcast covering the Browns. It's it's crazy how things, just as a little bit of a sidebar here, it's crazy how quickly things went from episode one to now we're almost to episode 350 and just cruising along. And, you know, by this time next year, we will have surpassed episode 150, or sorry, 150, episode 500. And it's just wild. It really is. And we're having a ton of fun. And I know I said this like one minute ago, but I don't want to go too long without reminding you guys that we really do appreciate you. Everything that you do to support this show, whether you're in the dog pack, whether you, you know, you watch the shows, you listen to the shows, you tell your friends about it, you, you share a post with, you know, your, your family, whatever it is. Talk about us when you're with other Browns fans. We appreciate it. Everything helps us grow and everything helps support the show so that we can continue to do more content, to grow, to put more time, resources, and effort into improving this product and making sure it is the absolute best quality that you guys can get because we're Browns fans. We deserve the best. Damn it. Okay. Anyway, let's move into these safeties. Let's move into these guys. Let's talk about, we're going to start with Grant Delpit, the guy who just received the extension. So I'm going to do the same format that I did with the cornerbacks. We're going to talk a little bit about who they are, background, just some overall information, dive into the stats and PFF information, and then we're going to look at contract situation. So Mr. Grant Delpit, six foot three, 203 pounds. Here's an interesting fact about him. He was born in New Orleans, but his family got displaced after Hurricane Katrina. And so Grant Delpit, his family ended up settling in Houston, Texas. He played college ball at LSU. He was a second round pick by the Browns, number 44 overall in 2020. He is 25 years old. He'll turn 26 at the start of this season, upcoming in 2024. This in 2023 was his fourth season in the NFL, though it was only his third season actually playing. He missed his entire rookie season with an injury. And this year in 2023, he was named a Pro Bowl alternate. Like I said earlier, he was on his he was on his way to his first Pro Bowl. He really was. And it's funny. I it it I talked about this last offseason. So I was looking into the background of Jim Schwartz and his history with the Philadelphia Eagles primarily, because he was there for a long time. And every year, every year that Jim Schwartz was there, he had a defensive tackle. And well, okay, let's let me say this. Every year he had a defensive tackle make the Pro Bowl. And almost every year he had a defensive tackle and a safety make the Pro Bowl. So the Browns this year did not get a defensive tackle into the Pro Bowl, but of course we got Miles Garrett. So, I mean, he never had Miles Garrett before. But I talked about Grant Delpit could be that guy, could be that that safety we see take a big step this year. And I talked about JOK too as well, which he ended up being a pro named as a replacement into the Pro Bowl. So both of those guys, you know, JOK being that hybrid linebacker safety type of player, which I'll dive into him when we do linebackers here next. But... Grant Delpit, phenomenal season this year. And again, just the freaking injury bug, man. Like if we could just avoid <laughs> avoid this IR crap with all these guys, but real, really good season for him. So let's look at the stats. Grant Delpit played in 13 games this season. Of course, like I just said, he missed time with the injury. So on PFF, now we talked about missed tackles with the cornerbacks. Obviously, safeties are going to have more opportunities to make tackles than corners when corners are, you know, a lot of the time going back in coverage. So Grant Delpit had 16 missed tackles per PFF, but pro football reference only says he he missed six tackles on the season. So I talked about this last time. I'll keep repeating it. Missed tackles. I have not found, if you guys have a good source, drop it in the comments, a good source for tracking missed tackles and stuff like that. Let me know what you guys like to look at because I, I like PFF and pro football reference, but a lot of times they just don't jive and, and it kind of drives me nuts. But in 2023, Grant Delpit, like I said, 13 games, he had 
80 tackles, which, you know, his his career high was last year in 22. He had 105. So this year, just 80, but he also played three, four fewer games, sorry, four fewer games this year, IR. But he did have seven tackles for loss, which is three more than he had all of last year. That's awesome. He had four quarterback hits. He had only had one his entire career before this year. So his his getting into the backfield, getting after the quarterback under Jim Schwartz dramatically increased this year. He had one and a half sacks. He had, let's see here. He didn't force any fumbles, but he did recover a fumble. He had three passes defensed and he had one interception, which was down last year. He had four interceptions, but again, he was he was around that line of scrimmage and doing things in the backfield a lot this year. So that was pretty good to see from Grant Delpit this year. So now we'll move over to PFF. And so I I put in here a minimum of 250 snaps that resulted in 103 qualifying safeties for all of this information. So all these guys I'm going to talk about today, just keep those, those numbers in mind, minimum 250 snaps, 103 qualifying safeties met that threshold. And here we go. Grant Delpit received a 70 overall defensive grade. That was 34 out of 103. He had a 75.5 coverage grade. That was 19th out of 103. So very, very good coverage grade for him. Here's a great stat. And this goes back to what I was talking about with being around the line of scrimmage, being in the in the offensive backfield under Jim Schwartz and just doing things, flying around with his hair on fire. He had 33 stops per PFF. That was the fifth most among all those safeties in the NFL. So real quick, a note, what is a defensive stop? PFF says that's a tackle that constitutes a failure for the offense. Sounds like a good thing, right? Uh, I mean, you want to make a tackle that creates a failure for the offense. And Grant Delpit was credited with 33 of those. Again, fifth most in the entire league. He allowed 25 catches on 31 targets for 188 yards. That's an 80.6% completion when targeted. That's pretty high, 14th most in the NFL. But here's the the plus side to that. They were all, they were predominantly short passes, dump offs, high percentage passes because his 188 yards. So he had a high, he allowed a high completion percentage but he only allowed 188 yards total on all those completions. It was one of the lowest in the league, seventh lowest among safeties with the same or more snaps as he had, which was 738. And this number, this this fact is further confirmed. He only gave up 7.5 yards per reception. That was top 10 in the league among safeties. So he had a low yards per reception. He had a low overall yardage total. So he gave up quite a few receptions but again these are all dump off passes to running backs tight ends screens things like that where the, the completion is going to be made but they're not getting any yards after the completion because grand delpit is there to make the stop make the stop exactly <laughs> the word just kind of came to me because he had 33 stops so really he was he was really good this year really really good this year he had a 78.5 passer rating when targeted that was 40th out of 103 so still top half of half of the league in that regard he's only been as far as pff credits here he only got dinged with one penalty on the season that's pretty impressive that's pretty impressive especially the way you know the refs like to flag the browns if you're a browns fan you know if you know you know snap breakdown 327 snaps in the box, 183 in the slot, 122 at free safety, and 91 on the line with just 15 snaps lined up on the outside. So Grant Delpit, again, in the box, in the slot, around the line of scrimmage. It's where he played a lot. He was not he was not playing deep safety very often. And he just, he, I don't know what else to say, guys. He excelled at his role this year. And I'm very excited for Grant Delpit, what's to come in 2024. Contract, we don't have to do a whole lot of talking with his contract and and the whole situation. They extended him right before he got hurt here in 2023. So he's here, guys. They want him here. He's staying locked and loaded, ready to go. And he's going to be one of the leaders of this defense in 2024. He just signed the extension, which was a three-year, $36 million contract. That ranks as the 13th highest safety contract in the league. 
And in 2024, his cap hit is just $3.7 million with a dead cap of 13.3. So, you know, when we're looking and when we're talking about cap space and things like that, moving through the offseason where the Browns are going to find money for this or that and the other. And you're going to hear people point to, well, they just paid Grant Delpit all this money, so they don't have any, any money left, blah, blah, blah. $3.7 million to, against the cap in 2024. Browns are okay in 24 with Delpit. That didn't, that didn't screw anything up for this season. This episode is brought to you by Omaha Steaks. Browns fans, the Super Bowl is coming up like, you know, this weekend. So if you are having a Super Bowl party, you want to put out the best foods, the best meats, everything for your guests, for your Super Bowl, Super Bowl party, get to omahasteaks.com slash dogs, D-A-W-G-S, and use promo code dogs, D-A-W-G-S, when you check out to get four free chicken breasts and four free pork chops with your order. From my experience, Omaha Steaks usually ship stuff pretty quickly. So if you haven't ordered stuff yet for the Super Bowl party, seriously, get in there, get it now. Use the promo code to get the extra free food along with it. And if you got Valentine's Day, dinners, dates, stuff coming up the following week, guys, get it all ordered now so that way you're ready to go and you're ready to impress. And if you're doing Valentine's Day, I'm telling you, get the caramel apple tartlets. They are the best dessert. One of the best things I've ever had, but it's like the best dessert from Omaha. They're so good. Get those, impress your lady, do it all up, give her the meal she deserves and give your Super Bowl guests the meals they deserve. Impress everybody, omahasteaks.com slash dogs, promo code dogs to get four free boneless chicken breasts and four free pork chops with your order. Minimum purchase may apply. What's up, Ohio? Don't miss out on this fantastic offer from DraftKings for the big game. New customers who sign up with our promo code, the dogs, all one word, and place a $5 first bet will instantly receive $200 in bonus bets. You'll get eight $25 bonus bet tokens, allowing you to make multiple wagers with your reward. These tokens are valid for seven days, giving you time to find your favorite bets. If you download the DraftKings app before the big game, make sure to sign up with our code THEDOGS to get your $200 of bonus bets. This offer is only available for new customers who are 21 and older and physically present in Ohio. Please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer to see if you qualify. All right, let's talk about one... Thornhill, the chosen one. Number one, got himself the Brownie the Elf tattoo on the arm before the season. Six foot, 210 pounds. Shout out to Alta Vista, Virginia. He played college ball at Virginia. Second round pick in 2019. So a second round pick, just like Delpit the year before Delpit. 63rd pick overall by the Kansas City Chiefs. He is already now he he was an older prospect, obviously, coming out because he's already 28 years old and he's going to turn 29 during the season in October this year. So he's an older player and to, to be going into his second contract, I just talked about, you know, Delpit, who is what did I say? 25 turning 26 going into a second contract. This guy last year was 27 going into 28. So a little bit, a little bit older. 2023 was his fifth season in the league, obviously the first four played with Kansas City, and now this one with Cleveland. So on the bad side of the stats, only got charged with two missed tackles per pro football reference, but then PFF has him with seven. So he missed some tackles. You know, I, I don't even know if I want to keep talking about missed tackles because nobody seems to be able to, to assess it very accurately. But if we look at his season as a whole, he missed looks like what six total games he played 11 so he played in 11 games not what we were hoping for when we brought him in unfortunately we you know we signed this guy we thought we were gonna i i just say this when, when it's the off season you sign these guys you think you're gonna have them the whole time you just do it does not work out that way ever across the board you're, you're always gonna have injuries it just was unfortunate that he was one of them I and mean, it was kind of like a nagging thing it was just on and off all season didn't know if he was going to be there or not pretty disappointing from that from that regard he had 54 total tackles which looks to be the second lowest of his career but again only played in 11 games he had no tackle for loss two qb hits that was tied for the highest of his of his career no sacks um now again i'm reading these stat he plays a little bit different position little safety different safety position than Grant Delpit. So these are not 
This isn't like corner and stuff. Receiver. These these stats are going to differ a little bit. He had one pass defense. You'd like to see that be a little higher. Uh, no interceptions, no fumbles, anything like that. So really, as far as you know, counting stats are concerned. Sorry, Juan. Not not really a whole lot to write home about from this injury riddled season. Uh, we move over to PFF. 66.5 defense grade. That was 52 out of 103. 62.6 coverage grade. That was 60th out of 103. So his PFF grades were not very great. He had 10 of those stops that we talked about with Delpit, who had 33. That was 71st most in the NFL. So not as many, but again, a different safety position than what Delpit is playing. He allowed just 16 catches on 26 targets for 157 yards. That's 61.5% when targeted. He gave up 9.8 yards per reception. Only 53 rack yards. This this was a positive stat that I found for Juan Thornhill. Just 53 rack yards. So only 34% of the total yards that he allowed came after the catch, which means when guys caught the ball against him, he was usually stopping them right then and there. So not a whole lot after the catch against Thornhill. That's what you like to see. This you don't necessarily like to see, 104.2 passer rating when targeted. That was 33rd highest. He, like Delpit, just had one penalty on the season. And his snap breakdown, 501 snaps played at free safety because he was he is a free safety, whereas Delpit is more of your strong safety. Free safety, 501, 67 snaps in the box, 61 in the slot, just 11 on the line, just three outside. So he was predominantly in that free safety position when he was on the field, playing center field. And I'm, I'm excited to see what, what Juan Thornhill can do in 2024 if he stays healthy. Because I think he's a very good player. You hear last year, Kansas City Chiefs fans were just distraught that the Chiefs didn't bring him back, that they weren't able to find a way to make contract work with him and that the Browns were able to go out and get him and I'm, I'm always now. I'm a little bit more guarded against a lot of these these things because John Johnson the third came in here as such a highly touted safety and did Jack Diddley voodoo for us. And you know, so far Juan Thornhill, you just got to call what it is. It's been disappointing. It's been injury riddled. So it's not like his performance on the field has been sucky. It's just he's not on the field, which which sucks. And you can probably see my dog if you're watching YouTube right now. This is the dog's podcast. So, I mean, Odie, you are welcome anytime you want to make an appearance, buddy. So one other stat real quick before I move on that I did not mention for um, Grant Delpit that I, I do want to mention. Grant Delpit gave up zero touchdowns this season. Juan Thornhill gave up two touchdowns. And I, you know, that because I talked about his rack, you know, yards after catch and all that stuff being very low. But the passer rating against Thornhill was pretty high. And I think that had something to do. He did give up two touchdowns. It was tied for the most in the safety position. And, you know, I, I just, I think that plays a factor into all of that. So let's, let's jump into the contract situation for Juan Thornhill real quick. Last year, whenever he came to Cleveland, he signed a three-year, $21 million contract with the Browns. His 2024 cap hit 3.8 million. So this is Andrew Barry. Like him, don't like him. You know, I'm sure what, what, wherever you stand on Andrew Barry, you have your reasons, and I, I hope you understand those reasons. But you have got to give the guy some cap, salary cap, magic credit because he's got his two starting safeties, and they're both 3.7 and 3.8 against the cap. I mean, not even $10 million against the cap for your two starting safeties. That's that's insane. So very good work, Andrew Barry, to, to finagle things around. Thornhill does have a dead cap of 11.7. So kind of like I did with the cornerbacks, we'll talk about some of these scenarios. Again, I don't think Thornhill gets moved at all. I think none of this is going to come into play. I'm just throwing it out there as numbers to know, but... As far as I'm concerned, it will be Grant Delpit and Juan Thornhill at your starting safeties in 2024. But the Browns could trade Juan Thornhill post June 1st and save $1.5 million against the cap. Again, very low chance that he's traded because his contract, like I just said, is so team friendly. You, 
a starting free safety for $3.8 million. Okay, sweet. Let's let's go ahead and just roll with that. The 1.5 that we would save moving him isn't even worth moving. So here's your starting free safety for 2024. Pray to God he stays healthy so that we can see what these guys are really capable of. And good job, Andrew Barry, for doing some team-friendly stuff at this position. All right, all right, all right, all right. I am very excited for this one because this is DeAnthony Bell. This is the guy that we've gotten, we, we got to meet him up at training camp last, I guess I would have been in August. We got to have him on the show a couple times before his rookie season in 2022. And I just... You know, it's different whenever you you talk about players that you watch their interviews, you listen to them in their press conference, you hear other people talk about them, and ones you actually get to meet and have a conversation with. And D'Anthony Bell is just such a phenomenal person. He's a great human being, and we're just really fortunate to have had the interaction, the connection with him that we have, and just we're just very blessed for everything. So. D'Anthony Bell, six foot one, two hundred and eleven pounds, born in Covington, Georgia. We detailed, at least I did, a lot of his history on a previous episode. And D'Anthony finished his college career. And if you want to, if you want to know more about him, go back. I believe that was in the week leading up to the wild card game that I talked a lot about D'Anthony Bell. But he finished college at West Florida, and he's the first player from West Florida to make an NFL roster. So he did something that no one from that school has ever done before. He was undrafted in 2022. One of Andrew Barry's discovered UDAF gems. He is 27 years old. He's going to turn 28 this season in October. So again, this, this is an older prospect because of the extensive, the extensive journey he took from high school through a whole lot of college stuff to get to the point where he was even able, you know, to to declare for the NFL to to try to make a team and do all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, he came out when he was 26, which is a really old <laughs> for and DeAnthony, if you're listening to this or anything or anybody else out there is listening, like, hey, I'm 26. We're talking for football terms. I mean, 26 is old for a football rookie prospect. Just like Joe Flacco is 39 and he's super old for football. I'm almost 35. I don't like to think that 39 is all that old because I'm not too far away from that. But anyway, that's just a little bit of an aside. 2023 was D'Anthony Bell's second season in the league, but the first one where he really got to play meaningful, extended snaps on defense. And he did awesome with them. 226 snaps played in 17 games, but like I said, he didn't really play defense until week 14 after the Juan Thornhill, Grant Delpit injuries pretty much coincided where Thornhill wasn't coming back. Delpit went on IR and you saw D'Anthony Bell and Ronnie Hickman take over those safety positions. And we're going to get to Hickman next. Whew, man, you talk about two young UDFAs that just came in and played like they were starting safeties and, and made to be there. Just super impressed with these two guys. D'Anthony Bell, just three missed tackles per uh, pro, pro football reference. PFF says just one. So either way, he didn't miss very many tackles in his time on the defense playing starter snaps. So on the season, D'Anthony Bell, 28 combined tackles. He had four tackles for loss, a quarterback hit. He had one forced fumble, four passes defensed, and two interceptions. They were both awesome. The, the first one was against Justin Fields at the end of that Bears game where it was the Hail Mary and everybody's butts puckered for like a long second, a very long second of squeezer because I thought the guy was coming down with the ball in the end zone. Ball popped up. Bell grabs it. Interception. He goes down. Game over. Browns win. Thank God, because that would have been a really shitty way to lose that game. Second interception, week 18 against the Bengals. I, I posted this one all over social media because it was just so awesome. He, he pretty much, you know, batted the ball to himself, smacks it in the air, follows it all the way through out in front of him, dives on it, catches it, falls to the ground. Awesome pick. So really good stuff from D'Anthony Bell. So he had a 76 point. I'm sorry. Let me stop for a second. Before I go into these numbers and, and stats and things, D'Anthony Bell and Ronnie Hickman both are going to have some 
oh, how do I want to say this? They're going to have some some numbers, some stats, some things that we're going to talk about that when you initially look at them, it would be very easy to say, well, damn, they were better than the starters. So one thing that, and this is a note I had a little bit further that down, but we're going to talk about it right now before I go into all these numbers. These two guys got to play not very good competition on opposing offenses. They played against Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears, which, you know, Justin Fields isn't the worst quarterback. The, the Chicago Bears are not a formidable offense, or were not. Case Keenum, blah. Trevor Simeon, blah. And Jake Browning in that last week in Cincinnati. They played, I mean, aside from Fields, they played no starting quarterbacks. So it was not a great stretch of, of you know, great QB play, not good offenses. So, And I'm not trying to take anything away from D'Anthony Bell and Ronnie Hickman, but I'm just saying that if you're tempted to look at the numbers and put them side by side with like a guy like Delpit or probably Thornhill and say, well, they, they perform better than these guys or better than Thornhill. Just remember who these, who Hickman and Bell were going up against. Again, taking nothing away from them. When you play competition, that's not very good and you should come out and dominate them and you do dominate them. Credit is due because you did what you were supposed to do. Now, if these guys came out and played like crap against these subpar quarterbacks, then we would have some things to be really worried about because it's like no way you guys can go up against, you know, starting caliber quarterbacks and, and good good offenses. But I just want to put that out there. I just wanted to to make that mental note so it was in your head as we went through these numbers. But D'Anthony Bell, and you'll see why I said all that here in a second, a 76.2 defense grade per PFF. That was the fifth. 15th best in the NFL among the safeties, 15 out of 103. So you're going to look at that and say, well, let's see, Delpit was, what was Delpit here? I'll just scroll up. Delpit was 34. Juan Thornhill was 52. And you're telling me that DeAnthony Bell was 15? Now you understand why I prefaced this whole thing with the competition narrative conversation that we just had. He had a 69.8 coverage grade. That was 29th out of 103. He had seven stops, which I think is pretty good for only playing five games. I like that. He allowed 11 catches on 16 targets for 77 yards, just seven yards per reception, 26 rack yards, so just 34% of his yards allowed came after the catch. He Now this one, D'Anthony, I like this stat, and again, I know we're talking about these garbage quarterbacks, but again, they're still, they're still NFL quarterbacks. I mean, if you want to look at the other side of the coin, they're still NFL quarterbacks, and you're still just a first-time guy really ever playing defense. 39.8 passer rating when he was targeted. That was the second lowest in the league this year. You know what? I mean, you still got to play pretty good to have that kind of a stat, so good for you. That was awesome. It's showing that you had zero penalties, and I'm saying you like you're watching. I know you're probably not, but zero penalties for DeAnthony Bell and his snap breakdown, 103 at free safety, 74 in the box, 61 in the slot, 17 on the line, and just one snap on the outside. So what's the contract situation for a guy like DeAnthony Bell who's an undrafted free agent? So in 2022, when he was signed as that undrafted free agent, he signed a three-year, $2.6 million contract. 2024 coming up here is essentially going to be his contract year. It's the third year on his deal. His cap hit for 2024 is just $987,000. So not even a milli. His dead cap is 2,500 bucks. So costs basically nothing to cut him, which there's no way the Browns are going to do that after what he, what he did in 23. You, it's very difficult, very difficult to have a, 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 I'll call him a starting caliber safety as your backup for less than a million dollars against your cap. I'm just saying that's very, it's kind of unheard of. So good job, Andrew Barry, for finding this guy. And he's, he's awesome. I don't really know what else to say. I mean, he's, he's a reliable player in the defense and his contract is just a screaming value. D'Anthony Bell is going to be definitely on this team in 2024. This episode is brought to you by Manly Bands. 
Browns fans, I have an exciting new sponsorship partner for you guys, and it is crazy how it all happened, okay? So I'm getting married soon. I went to pick out my wedding band. I did not know that the cost of gold was the highest it's ever been. So, you know, when the rings I, I liked and they pulled out of the case and showed me and I, I turned it over, saw the price tag, and they were $1,600. Yeah, I essentially crapped my pants and ran out of there. I hate jewelry stores. I hate the salespeople. I hate the selection. We went and again, true story here, seven different stores looking for a ring and all of them had the most pathetic selection imaginable for men. So I said, screw it. I went to manlybands.com and everything after that point was an incredible experience. Their selection is huge. All sorts of styles, materials. Guys, they have wedding bands made from Jack Daniels whiskey barrels, meteorites, and even dinosaur bones. They also have a huge selection of the tungsten rings that everybody likes, cobalt chrome, and gold. And the best part was the customer service was some of the best I've ever received. In a world of AI and bots, Manly Bands keeps it real with real freaking people. The whole experience was so awesome, I asked if we could advertise for them on the show, and here we are. Screw those jewelry stores and those salespeople. Manlybands.com. Use promo code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S, for a whopping 25% off your order. Whether you've already got a band or you're getting married in the future, check out what they have. Also, you can order a free ring size guide, and they'll ship it straight to you. So you know exactly what size ring you need. And again, never step foot in a jewelry store. And also for you big fellows with the big hands, guys, they got rings up to size 20. Rings come with free engraving in the U.S., and they send you a free silicone band with your order. It's unreal. These guys are the best. Manlybands.com. Promo code DOGS for 25% off your order. So that brings us to another undrafted free agent who has become a fan favorite. And again, this is a guy that whenever the Browns signed him, whenever he came out of college, it was like, okay, kind of cool, kind of cool because he's an Ohio State Buckeye. I got the Ohio State helmet, you know, which I don't even know where to point. It's behind me here. Uh, Ronnie Hickman, Ronnie Hickman Jr., I guess, is, is how we're listing him now. He is six foot one, 209 pounds. He was born in Manhattan, New York. Played college ball, like I just said, at Ohio State, undrafted in 2023. And he is opposite of DeAnthony Bell, super young for an undrafted prospect. He's just, he's still just 22 years old. He'll turn 23 in October. So he came out at a very young age. And, you know, coming out of Ohio State, wasn't really sure if Ronnie Hickman was as ready for the NFL jump. You know, maybe he could have stuck around Ohio State another year and he still would have been pretty much at the average age for a prospect coming out, but decided to come out early, didn't get drafted, ends up getting signed by the Browns, gets starting time and shows that, okay, kid can play football in the NFL. 308 snaps in 17 games. Like I said, with Bell, though, he didn't really play defense until week 14 when Delpit and Thornhill's injuries again coincided Played five games on defense like Bell did. He got charged with just, it's either two or three missed tackles. Either way, not many. Did a pretty good job in that regard. 25 combined tackles. He had three passes defensed, one interception, and of course, for a touchdown, which was awesome. So good for you, Ronnie Hickman. You know, when you're filling in for an injured guy, you know, you're just kind of hoping for competent play a lot of times from your backups. And he, like Bell, gave us a lot of starting caliber play out there, which was very impressive. So moving into PFF stats for Ronnie Hickman, 86.5 defense grade for the regular season. That was sixth best in the NFL at safety. So you've got, and again, this is why I talked about the quarterback competition, because you're going to look at it and you're going to look at these grades and, and these ranks and say, so you're telling me D'Anthony Bell was the 15th best safety and Ronnie Hickman was the sixth best against the competition they played in or against? Yes, they were, which kudos to these guys. Like I said, stepping up and doing what they needed to do against these, these teams was very impressive. So on this one, it's interesting. So his, his defense grade, this, this might be a little indicative here, 86.5, like I said, it drops clear down to a 74.1. And all we all I have to do is factor in the wild card game against CJ Stroud and the Texans. And I'm sure that pretty much everybody's defenses defensive grades took a hit in that wild card game because the defense was trash. It was terrible. The only guy who came to play was JOK. 
Everybody else, I'm sure, lost a whole lot of grade after that game. Overall, he had a 73.9 coverage grade. That was 23rd. He had seven stops like DeAnthony Bell. He allowed just five catches on 10 targets for 43 yards, 8.6 yards per reception. Just 10 of his 43 yards allowed came after the catch. So again, guys are catching the ball against him and he's stopping them pretty much right where they stand. He had a 61.7 passer rating when targeted, 17th lowest in the league. But again, he did not face the best quarterbacks until C.J. Stroud in the wild card. And overall, Ronnie Hickman did give up two touchdowns on the season. Showing that he was he was hit with just one penalty and his snap breakdown. 272 at free safety, 20 in the box, 27 in the slot. So Ronnie Hickman really manned that free safety position after Juan Thornhill was missing all that time with the injury. And D'Anthony Bell playing a little bit more 50-50 split, filling in at the free safety spot, but a lot mostly playing in the box, in the slot, playing more of that strong safety type of position. So if we move into the contract situation for Ronnie Hickman, it's pretty much copy and paste from D'Anthony Bell minus a year because this was his first year, not his second. So again, he signed a three-year, $2.7 million contract with the Browns last offseason. His 2024 cap hit 921000 So you got two high-quality backup safeties for under $2 million against your cap. This is awesome. The Browns are going to be able to do other things at other positions this offseason because of where they've got the money spent or, or how they've got it worked at the safety position because we know safety is such a critical position for this defense. And when you've got your two starting safeties and you're not even close to $10 million between those two, and you got your two backup safeties who can step in and play starter minutes anytime you need them, and those two guys aren't even hitting $2 million, that, that lets you do other things on the team. So again, super low dead cap, like is $13,000, which to a NFL team is nothing. So again, no way he's not on the team next year. It's going to be Delpit, Thornhill, Bell, and Ronnie Hickman going into 2024 at your safety position. Okay, so this guy, we'll kind of just breeze through the next few but I messed this one up when I did the cornerback show because most of the sites have him listed as a cornerback. And then when I went in to do the contract stuff and the stats and things, he was nowhere to be found. So I thought, okay, he must not have had the same deal. Khalif, Kalef, Halasi, still not percent sure how to say his name. He was an undrafted free agent, another one. And I guess he is listed as a safety. So that's my fault. That's where I missed out on him. So, like Hickman, UDFA, in 2023, he was originally signed, though, by the Chiefs. He was released during roster cutdowns before the season and then claimed by the Browns before the season started. He signed that same three-year, $2.7 million contract that Hickman signed. He has a $915,000 cap hit for 2024. He's six foot one, 200 pounds, 23 years old, hailing from Western Kentucky, he appeared in nine games, made eight tackles, one tackle for loss, and one pass breakup. And in my assessment, he's going to be a camp guy battling to maintain his roster spot because he's got a zero dead cap. They owe him nothing. He could easily make this team as a depth piece. He could easily be cut like he was with the Chiefs and signed by somebody else. He could easily be cut and re-signed to the Browns practice squad. This is just... It's one of those situations, he's one of those guys that, you know, he's expendable, unfortunately, but I mean, for him, but it's just the way it goes. This is the nature of the business in the NFL, and that's this is his role. He's going to be one of those guys. He'll be around at camp, and we'll just, we'll see if he makes the final cut or, or if he doesn't. The Browns have no reserve future guys at the safety position like they did at cornerback. The only free agent that we will be, well, at the moment that we're losing is Rodney McLeod. Mentioned him at the top of the show. Rodney McLeod placed on IR in November with a biceps injury, which that really sucked because I felt like he was playing a pretty big role in the secondary. I don't think he was doing anything statistically popping off the charts or anything like that. But, you know, with Thornhill, again, being banged up in and out of the lineup, in and out of the rotation, on and off all season, Rodney McLeod was bringing some serious veteran presence and pretty good play to that to that secondary and when he got hurt I felt like the defense took a hit 
defense took a hit. We started giving up more big plays here and there. We started giving up just, just, it just wasn't the same. I didn't feel like we had the same lockdown that we had when he was in there. And it took a while, you know, before Hickman and, and Bell came up to speed and everything like that, which they, they did eventually. But there was an interim period there where Rodney McLeod got hurt. And I felt like the defense definitely suffered for it because they didn't have him or Thornhill. In 10 games played, he had 29 tackles, two tackles for loss, one pass breakup. He played 280 snaps. He allowed just five catches on 10 targets for 47 yards. I mean, that's it? He played 280 snaps, five catches, 47 yards. That's it? That's pretty damn good. 63.3 passer rating when he was targeted. Just a overall solid rotational veteran defender. And um, he's, he's 33 years old. So... He was on. He came in last year. They signed him to a one-year, one million dollar deal. So he was a he was a cheap veteran contract to bring in for depth at that position. I don't know how this biceps injury is going to impact him. You know, he's thirty three, going to be thirty four. Again, that's that's old for football years. Young in real life because that's my age. So I want to be young. But he, you know, he could be a guy who retires this off season with an injury like that. He, you know, he, he could recover and come back on another cheap deal. He could get signed by another team. Um, I, w- I wouldn't hate having him back, especially because he'd be a, it was a $1 million contract last year. He'd be no more than that this year. And, you know, it, I like what he brought to the defense. I feel like what we got out of Hickman and Bell down the stretch probably means we don't need to stretch ourselves. We don't need to go out of our way to bring in a veteran or anything like that, but I wouldn't be opposed to having McLeod back, but at the same time, if he retires or they just decide they don't want to resign him or bring him back, I mean, I'm not going to be upset about that either. So I like Rodney McLeod. I think he's a good dude. I think he's a good player, but again, at his age and, and production level, I think, I think whatever Avenue, whatever, whatever comes up, whatever comes to be, so be it. And that's your state of the Browns at the safety position heading into 2024. And I <clears throat> I think this is one of the best positions the Browns have locked up right now. I think there are, really, there's like zero question marks about this group. Okay, I shouldn't say that. There are zero questions about this group as far as who's going to be on the team and their contract situations and all that stuff. Every, when you just look at the contract situations and all that, it's pretty. It's real pretty. And I talked about all of that. The, the big question, if there's one big question about this group, it's definitely Juan Thornhill. What can he bring to this defense if he's healthy? And he should be healthy. I hope he's healthy. We need him healthy. So that way we can get a fair assessment of him. Grant Delpit, I expect him to come back and resume his Pro Bowl play in 24. And then we've got Hickman and Bell, just absolute studs, backing those guys up. Probably going to be doing a lot more rotation with them since they proved that they can. And I mean, we'd be stupid not to not to utilize them as much as we can, you know, in a rotation with the starters. So really, really excited about the safety position going into 2024 and really excited about doing these State of the Browns episodes for you guys. I want your feedback. I want to know, do you guys like these episodes? Do you guys like everything that's going on? What do you think about the safety position? Do you guys think that the Browns are locked and loaded, good to go at the safety position? Where do you stand on Juan Thornhill? Do you think he can still be end up being a really good signing for the Browns, or is he going to be another guy that we signed and it just didn't pan out? Those things happen, unfortunately, for, for every team. They, they always happen. But we'll see. 2024 is going to be exciting. That's now cornerbacks and safeties detailed on this series. Next is going to be linebackers. We're going to dive into that next. And I, I'm just... I'm learning a lot as I go through each of these players, breaking them down, trying to get a better idea of what we're looking at going into 2024, which should be another very exciting football season if we can just cut out the damn injuries. So I appreciate all you guys tuning in. Please, again, like this video, subscribe to the channel on YouTube if you're listening on audio, follow the show, give us a five-star rating. All that stuff really helps the show. It truly does. And just want to thank all of our sponsors, Omaha Steaks, Manly Bands, Danger Coffee, BetterHelp. It's all good stuff. We don't like to present sponsors to you guys that we don't 
like. I mean, if I I want to I want to advertise stuff to you guys that I think you can benefit from. I'm not I'm not here just trying to advertise as many different brands and things as possible just to see what sticks. I'm very selective about what we pick for sponsors and like the the newest one Manly Bands. I just had such a great customer experience, customer service experience with them. And and they solved my freaking big problem I was having trying to find a damn wedding band that I just said, hey, do you have anyone I can talk to about potentially doing a sponsorship on my podcast? And here we are. So all good stuff, all good stuff. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Like I said, we are dropping stuff all the time. Like I said, at the top of the show, hit the notification bell so you don't miss any of the new stuff. The Browns are doing things. They're constantly doing things. And as we gear up, draft season for free agency i mean we are going to have a lot of content coming and if you want extra content and if you want to join the community where a lot of information we pull for the show actually comes from join the dogs.com become an official dog pack member jump in the discord this discord community is growing and it is so awesome it's a 24 7 conversation with browns fans about the browns and about anything you want if you like cars if you like movies video games other sports, other whatever, they life stuff, parenting. There's all kinds of conversations going on and they never end. It's 24-7, people from across the world, ton of fun, all great guys and women. We got some great gals in there too. It's just an all-around awesome community. So join the dogs.com, become an official dog pack member. I am checking out for this one. I'll be back with you on the next episode, breaking down linebackers. Again, drop in the comments what you think about the safeties and go back and check out the cornerbacks if you have not done so yet. Appreciate you guys. Stay tuned. Talk to you next time. Let's go Browns. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Dogs Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and follow us on Twitter at The Dogs Podcast. Get your thoughts on the show at thedogspodcast.com. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com.